It's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over. But it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that likes to say the Colorado Avalanche are the Stanley Cup champions, and we are the best podcast in the world. But this is a special wrestling edition as we look at and through the forbidden door. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the guy who was pulling double duty tonight, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight? Woo! 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 Yeah! Woo! Yeah, it's a good night! Woo! <laughs> Woo! Ah. <clears throat> uh. Aside from taking a flat screen TV to the jugular earlier today in preparation for tonight's show, I'm doing great. <laughs> Way to go, Avalanche. 20, uh, let's see, what would that have? 21 years, uh, 25 years, something along those lines, uh, 2001. So uh, it's been long enough doing the math it's late we we've been doing this uh, long enough for today so before i get completely sidetracked off the chart off the chain a quick plug please subscribe if you're watching this click the thumbs up to like it we're also on facebook we're on uh, all over the uh, internet if you will with the audio and video versions of the show and of course that website for you is beerbluesbs.com beerbluesbs.com got our own merch on there plus uh, the links to all of the places that we are located for the audio and video versions so please visit us there and like us uh, at the appropriate locations thanks for joining us for this uh, as my cohort howard blues already said the thing that we love to do with this show if you are first uh, for tuning in for the first time first of all thank you second of all uh we love to do a what's on tap right at the top of the show and uh then sometimes a second and a third depending on how long uh, we end up talking hopefully not too terribly long tonight <clears throat> we'll get right on with it with a what's on tap this evening and as Howard Blues knows, I have been saving this specific beer for this specific night, and it just happened to be with this specific show. Very, very excited to pull it out of the fridge. Yes, it is Mountain Time, the premium lager from New Belgium Brewing Company, a sponsor of your champions, Colorado Avalanche. Yes, uh, uh, once again, a very tasty beverage. Uh, if you have not had this, well, it's cold and refreshing as snow melt in spring. Mountain Time Lager is brewed with the only finest ingredients by New Belgium Brewing, a certified B Corp and Colorado craft beer icon. 
And uh, when you look at the back of the can, you can see that uh, it is a Ball Corporation related aluminium. So mountain time it is for Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup champions. Damn, it feels good to say that. What's <laughs> on tap for you, Howard Blues, as I take in this mountain time? Uh, well, Kidder, I do not have a mountain time. Um, and I do promise also, uh, if you clicked on this video or download this thinking, gosh, you're going to talk wrestling and going, what's with all this hockey talk? We'll get there. We promise. It's just an exciting night. Uh, Kidder, I decided to celebrate with uh, the last one of these that I have. But it is from uh, Mule 2.0, the Moscow Mule. Um the authentic flavor of a 1941 Moscow Mule, but established now. Um, yeah, so I decided to go with that. Established now, like right now, this right now, this moment now. Not beer, blues, now. and BS. Yeah, not in the past. Now, mm, that's good. Yeah, you know, with these guys, Kidder. If they were to do like the WWE classic, you know, like intro logo, it would, it would just get now. And that would be it. You know, it'd be the shortest intro ever. But knowing WWE, if it were in that style, it would be drug out over six months and still not have a point. Mm. We're firing cheap shots already. Clearly, Choo -choo. something good must be happening because. Uh, <laughs> We're going at guns a blazing, full of fire and fun. <clears throat> no vinegar this evening. Just tasty beverages, some good wrestling, and even better hockey. So let's, as they say, let's go! Let's get down to it. It is AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. Had to do it a second time just to make sure that the emphasis is adequately placed on this show. Uh, you had a thought there. I don't want to continue without you saying your thought. I was just also going to throw in, since we're doing a lot for the, hey, the first time listener, which a reviewer, uh, if you don't know how we do these uh, in the past, Kidder and I would sit down and watch the show together. Life has kind of kept me from being able to watch a lot of wrestling. Um, so Kidder is going has watched the show. I haven't. But the other thing that we've always done now for many, 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 many years, one of these days I'll do the math and figure out when I started this, or at least look that far back into the spreadsheet. Uh, but we do predictions uh, with every pay-per-view, uh, trying to just see what we think, give our thoughts, who we think is going to be the winners and such, and we keep score for no reason except for bragging rights. So, yeah. Not the WWE pay-per-view, just bragging rights. And just because it's fun to see if we can completely predict the show or have it kind of a uh, free-for-all, like I feel tonight was a, a free-for-all, uh, or just a complete and utter failure. Like uh, there's a couple of them, the WWE pay-per-views that are complete and utter failures, like Money in the Bank. Anyway, 13 matches to get to this evening, and so we will try to go rapid fire. Howard Blues is already stretching because he knows how god-awful long this is going to be. 
So <clears throat> let's get down to business. Uh, tonight, the buy-in had three matches on it. No, four matches in one hour. I was like, let's do this all the time. Four and then we still went to 11 o'clock anyway. I'm like, come on! Get it done earlier or move it to Saturday night. That would be even better. So the plus thing for the next WWE uh, live premium event, which if you want to show off your support for live premium events, you can get a triple B shirt at beerbluesbs.com. This is uh, live premium events. But uh, Money in the Bank is on a Saturday night. So that's something for us to look forward to. And maybe just maybe. Howard Blues and I will be able to get together in the same place for it and break this down. So the first match on the big show, the big buy-in, is uh, Bishaman, which is uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi versus the factory of Aaron Solo and QT Marshall, a straight tag team match. Uh, this Happened to be eight minutes, 55 seconds. Uh, you will see me, of course, looking around here and there because I have notes here and there and here and uh, <clears throat> everywhere. So the first one, who do you have on the list? Mm. Who do you think will win this one? I'm going to take Goto and his partner, Yoshi. Um... Yoshi Hashi. Yes. I also went with the, the, the team of Yoshi and Hiroki. So this match was eight minutes, 55 seconds long. And uh, they, they started off uh, where Solo and Marshall were playing the heels. So, of course, the crowd is uh, giving them the business. Uh, this match was fast-paced, as you can tell, by being under nine minutes in length. But... It didn't really do a lot in the terms of selling and making you really believe. It just kind of felt like there, there was a lot of uh, action spot to spot. Uh, they ended up as in Goto and Yoshihashi scoring the, the victory there uh, to kick off the entire uh, show. The uh, overall match, eh, uh, there was a lot of good stuff that happened throughout the night and then a lot of so, again, we'll get to that. <clears throat> so, uh, Howard and I, as you can see in the scoreboard up here, uh, both a point each for that one. Next match on the buy-in. Can't call it the kickoff show because that's, you know, the other uh, promotion. Uh, this one features Lance Archer and Nick Komaroto in a singles match. Uh, this one I picked... Nobody, because on the sheet that we had, we didn't have this one. If I were going to pick somebody, I would pick Lance Archer. Mm. Um, I would pick Lance Archer, too, even though um, his nickname happens to be Murder Hawk, which is awfully, you know, close to infringing on the copyright of a certain serial killer bird that lives in my neighborhood. Just saying. So it's a good thing that they're they're not anywhere close in proximity. 
and uh, maybe good for him that he'll never see this show so we won't get sued. This match was six minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, This one was uh, another pretty quick match, as you could tell by it being just over six minutes. Uh, So the essentially the factory as part of that faction was in the ring for two matches in a row, right? Uh, a lot of uh, what you would consider the uh, powerhouse of wrestlers from each of those factions uh, continuing to throw down. Aside from that, good physicality. Uh, they really had the size and power matchup between the two, but six minutes doesn't really give you a lot of time to tell a huge story, right? So you do a couple moves. There's a big spot here, a little bit of a move and a counter, and then a a big move here. And then, well, you're done. Well, Archer was able to pick up the victory. He hit his blackout finisher and again, very quick and okay match. So there's number two again, six minutes, 10 seconds. See, we're flying along. We're already to number three on the buy-in. For this show. So uh, the third one ends up being Swerve in Our Glory, which is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland against Suzuki Gun, uh, the team of El Desperado and uh, Yoshinobu uh, Kanamaru. Kanamaru. I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher the name. Uh, This was a tag match and was just over 12 minutes in length. I picked Swerve Strickland and uh, Keith Lee to pick up the victory on this one. Uh, That's who I would go with, too. Um, Just for the record on this, you know, I used to when I was following wrestling a bit more. One of the podcasts that I listened to followed New Japan Wrestling. So I'm a bit familiar with some of the names, although I haven't listened to that podcast in about two years now. So I, you know, I I don't know everybody who's still in New Japan. So these are names I don't recognize. So that's why I'm going to go Keith Lee and Swerve, just to be honest about why I'm going that way. Yes. And I mean, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee are very hot as a tag team and kind of fighting with each other in the back here and there. Anyway, so this was 12 minutes, five seconds. Again, just over 12 minutes, the third buy-in match. And Swerve and Lee spent more time on the defense than the offense, which I suppose you would expect because Keith Lee being a very large presence in the ring, they're going to keep targeting him and keep doing what they can to keep him down right so what they really did throughout the match is to try and build up some of the tension as well between swerve strickland and keith lee and then have them really play it out in the ring where they're working you know how can they coexist almost so swerve and desperado were really the uh, two people in this match who ended up uh, shining through, if you will. Uh, They did a bunch of different combinations throughout the match. Uh, The last couple minutes of the match really were the highlights with Lee and Swerve 
able to secure the win on this one. And then Team Taz taunted them from the crowd. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Mr. Ricky Stocks up there in the uh, one of the uh, suites on the suite level calling them out. So now the feud moves more so because they've been calling each other out in the back for the past couple of weeks. They will continue that feud. And I know they've been talking about the uh, FTW championship, getting that off of Ricky Starks as in Keith Lee wanting to take it from him. But there's that one. And as you can see, we are three for three. Ready for the final on the buy-in? Yeah, let's uh, let's keep this pace up because, man, Kidder, we might actually be in bed before midnight at this rate. <laughs> now you did it. <laughs> I know. All right. So this match uh, to finish out the first hour was only five minutes, 35 seconds. And this was uh, an eight-man tag match. Four on four. Max Caster and the Gun Club against Ia uh, uh, Yumara, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. So I picked uh, the Gun Club or the Ass Boys and Max Caster because uh, his partner is still injured. Your thoughts? You know, Kidder, at this rate, we're three for three. We've been picking the same ones. Let's have some drama. Let's have some talent. I'll take the other guys. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. So this one, uh, I've been really getting a kick out of out of uh, the entrance from <laughs> Max Caster uh, and the acclaimed. The acclaimed have arrived. <laughs> you know, it, it's. It's just hilarious. Get them going. And what the, how they've tied in the gun club, Billy Gunn's kids, uh, Austin and Colton. It's hilarious. They're making them look like idiots because uh, after the rap part of their intro, Max Caster hands off the mic to say, uh, you know, his partner, and then he yells what city they're in, and the, the acclaimed have arrived. But Austin and Colton have been grabbing the microphone and they say some other random city. So then the other one grabs it and says some other random city. And then, of course, finally, they're like, no, you idiots grab it. And then say the actual city that they're in and the acclaimed have arrived or the acclaimed and the ass boys have arrived because they don't want to be called the ass boys. It's again, humor. Uh, after the uh, entrance, Danhausen appears on the screen. Uh, hey, uh, everybody, I have a special gift for the ass boys. And then he disappears. And this uh, theme song starts playing the ass boys, ass boys, whatever. So Austin and Colton take off. They just disappear. They run. And I'm like. Okay. Uh, they're looking for Danhausen because, you know, they got taunted. So they have the four on two advantage. So they, they end up hitting the, the bell. Match goes on and uh, Max Caster and Billy Gunn are going 
as best they can, you know, again, four on two, right? Well, they're turning into the underdogs in this match because there's only the two of them. So they're rotating through people and getting the crap beat out of them. Well, it turns out Max Caster gets the upper hand, is able to start clearing the ring. Billy Gunn gets tagged in because everybody is chanting for ass man to get uh, tagged in. Billy Gunn has some sweet offense, blasts them all, gives them the suck it into the uh, famous, or I believe is uh, uh, what what it was. And there's the one, two, three. The ass boys, i.e. the gun club and the acclaimed are uh, the winner. So. This one was kind of all over the place with, you know, sloppy moments. Obviously, the distraction right at the beginning and suddenly two of the four people disappear and then it's a four on two and trying to find a flow. Uh, This being five minutes, 35 seconds, very fast to try and tell a story. So that's the end of that. Your thoughts. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, well. I lost the point. Who cares? Move on. Okay. To the main show. All right. <clears throat> now, uh, unlike WWE, this actually counts. So the first match on the uh, card, match number five, is uh, Minoru Suzuki and the Jericho Appreciation Society. Sorry. The Jericho Appreciation Society against Eddie Kingston, Shoto Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. This is a six-man tag match. Uh, Building up to this, Eddie Kingston uh, said that he basically wanted to murder Chris Jericho and wanted to taste his blood on Dynamite? Or was it Rampage? They kind of blended together this week. Uh, Eddie Kingston grabbed a pen from the announce desk and ran after Jericho trying to stab his eye out. I think it was on Rampage because that's usually where Jericho is sitting on commentary. Anyway, so uh, this one, I ended up picking... (laughs) Who did I pick? Uh... Maybe it wasn't even on the list, <laughs> but uh, yeah, while I'm looking or while you're looking, what do you think? <laughs> this is the problem trying to send in the uh, the stuff before it happens, because, you know, we didn't uh, quite all get all of the matches, apparently. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't seem to have it on your list. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't think it was. Unless uh, I tried to. Tried your to wife had it type on Suzuki. Yeah, your wife had it on mm-hmm. hers. So. Yeah. Anyway, for this one. Uh, I I would end up having to go with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society because uh, the, they're 
they're really, uh, I guess you could say, on the top of their their game at the moment. You know, having the new faction, getting Sammy Guevara back into the fold with them, and then Jericho having the uh, Chris Jericho uh, Appreciation Society Wrestler of the Week or Sports Entertainer of the Week, not Wrestler of the Week. So there is that. Yeah. Um, on this one, I was having a tough time because, uh, man, AEW kind of a big deal out of Wheeler Yuta uh, right off the beginning. So I could see them not wanting to have him pinned. However, at the same time, he's on a team with Eddie Kingston, and uh, Kingston hasn't done the best at AEW pay-per-views. So... Uh, I'm going to go Jericho on this one. All right. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> the, the TV is still... They'll get me. 19 minutes long was this match. Now, uh, first featured uh, as they came down to the ring, of course, Ty Conti being there to help uh, get in with uh, <laughs> the cheap cheap heat from the crowd because that's really what they do. Uh, fight started right away when the bell rang. They, they barely even tried to use tags. So uh, it it really was not, you know, your traditional tag match because they were just going straight at it for the first few minutes. Everyone eventually settled back into the corners and then started, you know, obeying the uh, tag team regulations, you know, uh, one person per team in the ring at a time. Uh, but uh, even saying that is kind of a stretch because there's, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of chaos with this. Now, the interesting thing with this, because there are six people involved, they're out of the ring and they're screwing around while the match itself is going on. So there's something for you to watch throughout the entire match. On top of that, there's some blood. You know, that's, that's kind of expected, right? So uh, the match wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination but it was entertaining of course because Ty Conte is there she ends up interfering she uh, hit Umino with a bat didn't really slow him down and then it took several super kicks to Sammy Guevara and a headbutt from Suzuki to get him to release a Boston Crab on Chris Jericho now when the dust ends up finally settling, Chris Jericho hit the Judas effect on Umino to get the win on that one. So Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki are your winners in this 19-minute match. Uh, just so you are aware, uh, with this, the stipulation added was uh, that the winning team receives a man advantage for the Blood and Guts match, which is this Wednesday on dynamite not a pay-per-view mm -hmm. yep the blood and guts match for those who don't um which if you're watching this you probably already know it's uh kind of a take on war games so yeah yeah we'll see how how it goes on on wednesday night <clears throat> next one i think this was the match that i was looking forward to 
for the show. It features FTR, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, uh, versus the United Empire, the Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, against uh, Ropongi Vice, Ricky Roma, uh, Romero, and Trent Beretta. So this is a three-way tag team match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship and the IWGP Tag Team Championship because FTR held or holds the uh, Ring of Honor uh, uh, Tag Team titles and uh, United Empire has the IWGP Tag Team Championships. This one, I went with FTR. Yeah, this one's tough. Because um, United Empire is, I believe, associated with Will Ospreay, who has been phenomenal for quite a few years now and such. So I could see, you know, letting them keep it. Um, but I like FTR, so I'm going to go FTR because... I like FDR and I haven't given them enough love uh, on this, these predictions. So I'm choosing them. Okay. <laughs> so this match, <clears throat> again, in the three way winner takes all tag team match, 16 minutes, 25 seconds. Now, uh, <clears throat> As we start off the match, Dax Harward and Trent Beretta start as the legal man. So Jeff Cobb and the Great Ocon had to sit on the sidelines. First few minutes into the match, Dax Harwood was escorted to the back because uh, he had reportedly suffered an injury. So now it sucks, right? Especially because Cash Wheeler's out there by himself doing some work, getting beat up. Well, the good news, he returned several minutes later, and uh, he's all wrapped up, just taped up. And even with the uh, potential injury, whether it's real or fake, storyline, <clears throat> he he was going to town in this match. Uh, with this one, there, there was some improvisation due to... Uh, I guess you could say with, with Harwood having to leave for a little bit, but I mean, it was a really good match. Uh, it's possible that he was actually injured when he went for the elbow drop, but it's not too sure. I mean, we'll probably find out on uh, dynamite on Wednesday. <clears throat> uh, aside from that, there were close calls through the match. Uh, you know, the, the very, very, very close counts, 2.9998351. But the FTR pick up the victory, the one, two, three, and they get, that's right, their third tag team championship reign at the same time here being the AAA Tag Team Champions, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and now the IWGP World Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to FTR. That match again, 16 minutes, 25 seconds. 
You know, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that they uh, that they did that. It you know the the interesting thing is you really have two promotions here working together, and you have some of their different titles on the line. So it's interesting to see how they're playing this up, and interesting to to kind of see what are the negotiations back and forth because you don't neither side is ever going to want you to pin their best guy, you know. So. It's interesting to see um, how this is all playing out. And I, that's that's kind of what, what I was thinking of, too, when I was going through and trying to think of the <clears throat> potential outcome for this show, right? You know, it is really an AEW show, even though the uh, New Japan announcer was there with Justin Roberts and said everything in Japanese after Justin Roberts and uh, that the uh, English commentator was also there with Taz Excalibur and Jim Ross. So while it was, uh, you know, collaboration, it's still very much an AEW pay-per-view. So that's kind of the way I went with it. And as we continue on, you'll probably see or think that truly was the case. So the next match on the card is the four-way match for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship, even though there are two countries that don't touch the Atlantic Ocean represented on the front of that championship belt which we've discussed on this show before. If you haven't seen that episode, please visit our YouTube page and uh, take a look at the archive of the Beer Blues and BS episodes. As for tonight, it is a fatal four-way. Malachi Black, the bastard, Pack, the Redeemer, Miro, and Clark Connors, because we need another cowboy in this match. Uh, this match ended up being 15 minutes, five seconds. I chose Miro on this one. Mm, interesting choice. Uh, I'm going to go with my favorite guy who's in this match, Malachi Black, because I like Malachi Black. So that that's all I got for logic. I'm just choosing who I want at this point. I, I'm not going to lie, Kidder. This is like the, you know, I always kind of know a little bit about the storyline and such of what's going into one of these pay-per-views, and that can kind of help, or I've seen some news, or I've listened to some things, so I kind of have a little bit of idea what's going on. I got nothing. I have not, like, the only AEW story I've been following is the injury story, and so, like, I got nothing on this, so this is a lot of me just throwing darts at the uh, you know old dartboard with the blindfold on and hoping something hits like my pen. Well, <clears throat> yeah, just just put it anywhere. It's fine. <laughs> just put it anywhere. Uh, again, uh, 15 minutes, five seconds. <sighs> uh, the uh, other piece to mention, because, you know, I wouldn't have known anyway, but Connors is re uh, ended up replacing uh, Tomohiro Ishii after a recent injury kept him from competing in this match. Not that it would really matter in the long run, I guess. So Black and Pack 
paired up to fight while Miro took on Connors. But of course, that's not going to you know last forever because every man for himself. Everybody then switched opponents, worked together, beat each other up. I mean, it, there was a lot of back and forth with this one. Uh, with with Pack, I love watching him wrestle because you know the uh, man gravity forgot. If you remember him from uh, his WWE tenure. Uh, he's done a lot of crazy year stuff over here in AEW, so it's always fun to watch the bastard take on uh, pretty much everybody. Uh, so pretty much a standard fatal four-way match where you would expect, again, the shenanigans, the chaos, different things uh, to that uh, effect. But the nice thing is that it felt a little bit more improvised. So... You had some of the pre-planned standard spots, but there were more random as they came up. So good on them for, you know, basically doing that. The crazy thing uh, at one point, uh, (laughs) they grabbed a table and set it up on the barricade by the fans, which I was like, oof. Uh, a couple counters and Miro ended up going through the table with a spear. So I was then going, well, Miro probably isn't going to win this one. Well, it uh, took a little bit. Pack ended up taking out Miro again in the ring. Uh, as they were in the ring, trying to finish this match, Miro had uh, pack in a submission move. Then Malachi black comes in, hits him with the black mist. Boom. There's that packed, uh, locked in Connors with the uh, brutalizer or uh, perhaps the rings of Saturn. If you want to think of it that way. Uh, And then got the win via submission. So your inaugural, winner of the Atlantic all Atlantic because it's all encompassing all Atlantic championship is, is uh, the bastard pack. There you go. Hmm. Kidder, you haven't missed one yet. That one I chose Miro. So I did. There. Oh, you did. I missed that one. For some reason, I thought you had taken yeah. pack. No, I, I mean, I, it's on video evidence, so I'm, I'm no, not as, as, going to lie. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you did choose Miro. I don't know why. I just like, oh, yeah. I think it's because you waxed poetical about Pac for a little bit and his time in WWE that it just like <laughs> like went into my brain that that's where Kidder was going. Also, like it's 1148 at night, and I've clearly drinking. So, um and that's only match yeah. seven of thirteen. I, I okay. Let's keep moving. That, that was, was these fif- shenanigans. Fifteen minutes, five seconds. So the next on the card for tonight: the dudes with attitudes and the Bullet Club. This uh, is a six-man tag team match. Of course, dudes with attitudes features Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo. To, uh, Takagi, 
I, I'm I'm sorry for the name. Uh, against the Bullet Club uh, with El Fantasmo, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, and uh, Heculio was there as well. Uh, with this one, I went with the Young Bucks because I thought the uh, championships were on the line for this one. But uh, looking at the graphic and obviously having watched the match, the titles were not on the line and they wouldn't be because there's six man tag. They've done weirder yeah. things. Yeah. Um, with this one, I would say, I think it's going to be the bullet club. I think this is a safe match where you can have, uh, basically a new Japan faction go over on, uh, AEW and be okay, uh, with it. Plus, I'm sure people were excited about Nick and Matt Jackson returning to the Bullet Club uh, for this event. So that'd be my. Okay, so 13 minutes exactly for the seventh match of the night. <clears throat> Young Bucks and El Fantasmo took on Sting, Darby Allen, and Shingo Takagi. So again, nothing on the line for this other than uh, the victory. The interesting thing with this one is uh, uh, Shingo Takagi came out first and then then uh, uh, Darby Allen came out and Sting's music played and everybody's like, well, where's Sting? Didn't show up. So then the Bullet Club comes out and of course it's the super kick party <clears throat> they're coming down to the ring they're at the bottom of the ramp lights go out i'm like there's sting sting shows up like up in the rafters somewhere and then suddenly lights go out again and then as the lights come up he clobbers all of the super kick party <laughs> huge i don't know if he Swung down from the rafters. I don't know what the hell happened, but he took them all out. So they get back into the ring to start the match. The The crowd was pretty into it, but this, again, was all over the place. So uh, Hikulio ended up interfering later on in the match on behalf of the Bullet Club, but the uh, ref was distracted at the time. So then, because Sting was in the ring, he was no-selling everything super kicks punches all kinds of random stuff he was no sell even the double super kick yeah <laughs> i'm like sting you're 63 calm down <clears throat> so they end up getting the hot tag they're able to exchange some blows again some offense defense back and forth the there were uh, again the lack of selling like sting no selling but uh it kind of trickled into everybody else getting hit with the big spots and then recovering very quickly so takagi was able to pick up the win for the team by pinning connors so uh, your winners for this one the dudes with attitude Darby Allen Sting and uh, Shingo Tagaki or Takagi. 
I'm sorry. See, even the, the dryer knows that I can't say his name. I apologized, all right? <sighs> so Sting is still doing the, the crazy big bumps, the big dives, and thankfully doing it safely because, I mean, he is 63 years old, so seriously, calm down. Be a little bit, uh, you know, more careful. I know, I know even Orion is, is concerned at uh, Sting's behavior. So, <clears throat> yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, I got to agree with you. It always kind of alarms me to hear that Sting is doing this. I mean, great that he feels comfortable doing it, but, uh, man, I got to worry. Worry about him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next on the match is your AEW Women's World Championship match featuring the champion Thunder Rosa and Australian sensation Tony Storm. I picked uh, Tony Storm for this one, just to make sure that uh, I actually uh, did. Yes, I did. I picked Tony Storm because, well, why not, I guess. Uh, this match, just before you pick, 10 minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, I will take uh, Thunder Rosa in this one. Okay. Thank so, you. off we go. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason because Thunder Rosa hasn't really been doing a, a, a ton, I, I guess, with the, the championship. Maybe just how they book her. She randomly shows up and, and then, you know, yells at people and wins a match and then leaves. Uh, Tony Storm has been uh, kind of all over trying to win the belt a, a couple different times. And here we are, the really second big time. So uh, they ended up... <clears throat> Shaking hands at the beginning of the match for the good sportsmanship before the bout. Uh, of course, you watch uh, them try and test each other's limits because of uh, how you have watched them wrestle other matches against other people. Now, they really had to do what they could because all these other matches we've talked about were all over the place, right? So two people in the ring, it seemed awfully boring for a bit because there is nothing else going on. There's only two people. What else am I going to watch? Oh, the match, right? <laughs> so uh, really, they, they had a couple errors here and there. There were some good shots back and forth again. It made it believable that uh, Tony Storm really had a chance to uh, take the title from Thunder Rosa. So I I really give that an A plus because it really looked, you know, like a contest. Uh, at the end, Thunder Rosa hit Tony Storm with one of Dustin Rhodes' signature spinning suplexes. And Thunder Rosa ends up getting the one, two, three and retaining the AEW Women's World Championship and uh, ended up uh, shaking hands again at the end of the match. Uh, Thunder Rosa had some pretty crazy apparel coming down to the ring as well. Giant headdress and like a robe. So, I mean, they're really putting in a lot of work on her uh, look <clears throat> for the pay-per-views. So I give them that. 
Um, and it was pretty, pretty rough in a couple spots, like uh, pile driver that uh, Tony Storm took looked pretty rough, and uh, some of the the old chops. Yeah, you get chopping, good chopping action. So, your thoughts on that, Howard Blues? Uh, ten minutes forty seconds. Um, you know, nothing really about the match. You made the comment about it was strange to go back to kind of a one-on-one. Uh, but you know, this so far, Kidder kind of reminds me of how a New Japan wrestling pay-per-view is set up. You have a lot of multi-man matches at the beginning, and then you break town into the big uh, single one-on-one matches. So it seems like they're following a very New Japan format um, in their booking, at least in that case. Um, but yeah, this this sounds like a match that that's okay that I missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was all right. <clears throat> yeah. So next on the match list, <clears throat> this is uh, number 10. We're getting there. Will Osprey with Aussie Open and Orange Cassidy. This is a singles match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. I picked the OC because he returned and uh, has been a little bit more angry than indifferent. You know, I do like me some Orange Cassidy, um, but Will Ospreay has been phenomenal in the last few years. And uh, again, top guy. You hate to see him get pinned, and it's hard to believe New Japan would do that. So I'm going to stick with Will Ospreay on this to retain and uh, keep the status quo. (laughs) The status quo. Okay. So as I mentioned, uh, good old JR uh, earlier, well, he ended up coming out finally and uh, being able to commentate the rest of the show. So I, I wonder, you know, how his health is doing and if he's okay. So hopefully he's good. That's uh, number one. Second thing, this was 16 minutes, 45 seconds. So, all right. Right away, Orange Cassidy comes on in. He dodges a drop kick and uh, hitting one of his shoulder tackles. But uh, Osprey is just as quick. Ends up uh, doing a nice exchange of takedowns. Well, OC, of course, kept his hands in his pockets as tradition. Now, this really was more of a serious match than a comedy match. So, of course, you have those elements of Orange Cassidy, but it wasn't over the top like a lot of his other matches. So Orange Cassidy, he was going to town. The whole match, he was he was really, really battling for this championship. So I give him props for that. Now, uh, the storyline that they really tried to bring to light in this is that uh, Cassidy was trying to show Osprey how good he is, and Osprey was trying to prove that he was a better wrestler. And I think they did pretty well, especially you know as they culminated the match. Now, uh, the uh, I guess back and forth continued again, really good story that they told and they were able to get their point across 
as they're doing their storytelling. So again, props to them for that. Now, the unbelievable finishes. Uh, Cassidy got hit uh, by several of the huge finishers, ended up kicking out. Osprey finally put him away and got the one, two, three. So yes, he basically got uh, got the pin there and got the the retain retention on the belt. So. Um, some rumors that Orange Cassidy might be getting new entrance music. I don't know. He uh, didn't have anything different tonight. Um, Orange Cassidy had a giant smile, which normally he he doesn't. Um, <laughs> Osprey hit a super kick that looked uh, like it was pretty deadly <laughs> but uh oc did his best to to keep it going um orange cassidy broke the turnbuckle camera with osprey's face so there's that and um there is uh two moonsaults a shooting star press and a corkscrew splash uh from osprey and it was pretty much all in a row so that's also crazy. So pretty good match. And again, that was 16 minutes, 45 seconds. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, the rumor that they're going to change Orange Cassidy's music. Now, that's kind of interesting because his current music is like perfect for him. Like I have a hard time. It would be like whenever, you know, like, well, we've complained about people like when Baron Corbin lost his music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sometimes people have just really good music that fits them and you just hate to see it go. So, but uh, this was the match. One of the matches Kidder that I was excited to see on the card. Just because, as I said, I like orange Cassidy. I hear Will Ospreay has been having great matches. So it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, would have been cool to see. So glad to hear that it was a, a decent match and maybe I'll catch it sometime. Yeah, future. Um, might be on the YouTubes. Not too sure, but we'll see. Okay, number 11 <clears throat> of 13. This one, Zack Sabre Jr. versus question mark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who is it? Who was it? Who did it? Who done it? I picked the question mark and... Uh, being in, I guess, the hurry that I was, I didn't even put uh, the follow-up bonus question of who do you think question mark would be? Uh, this match was 18 minutes, 30 seconds. Howard Blues, your take and your guess as to who, who, who the question mark person could be. I don't have anybody who could be the the question mark. I mean, I... So to give you an extra piece with this, a morsel, Brian Danielson was supposed to compete in this match, but is injured, so he's unable to compete. So he promised a worthy replacement for Zack Sabre Jr. Again, I'm just, I'm not as familiar with the AEW roster, so I don't really know who it could 
like well the good thing is it wasn't anybody on the aew roster <laughs> so there's that <laughs> uh yeah uh anyway i'm gonna take um i'll take the question mark whoever this is all right <clears throat> well it happens to be claudio castanoli who is that do you ask oh. well it happens to be the swiss superstar cesaro in his former wwe naming convention uh yeah very nice surprise to see cesaro show up claudio uh which that is his real name so he doesn't have to worry about any copyright issues or anything like that so it's good uh everybody cheered and, and knew right away i mean the logo that popped up on the screen with claudio castanoli it looked very similar to the logo that he used or that the wwe had used for him as cesaro with the the swiss flag and and whatnot anyway uh i I picked the question mark as well. I think I mentioned that. And uh, again, this match being 18 and a half minutes long. So Claudio came running in and boom, huge uppercut, gave him the neutralizer right away. One, two, 2.999999 repeating, of course. So they ended up having a bunch of back and forth there was up and down crazy moves claudio you know has uh, quite the uh, strength to prop up uh, his opponents but then also being able to throw them around the ring so there there was quite a bit of uh, uh back and forth and some crazy maneuvers of uh, claudio throwing zach around the ring so a lot of uh, technical moves because you know that Cesar, sorry, Claudio is quite the technical wrestler on top of it. So not only strength, but the technical part of wrestling, man, it, it just looked good. It was really good. Uh, so the, the other matches that preceded this one uh, were great in in other ways but this one it was just it was just a clinic on how to wrestle in a technical format uh very respectful fight between both of them creative spots uh, of course uh claudio got the swing in there and uh, i think made it up to nine or ten uh, on uh, the swing the crowd was uh, invested in it as well of course they're cheering him on because he debuted in AEW, right so there is that uh, uh <laughs> claudio ended up hitting a power bomb on zach and uh Got the one, two, three, picking up the pin and uh, his first win in all elite wrestling. And he ended up going up to the camera saying, thank you. I, I love all of you. Uh, I, it means a lot to me, that sort of thing. So very nice. He is also part of the Blackpool Combat Club moving forward. So very very nice uh his ring apparel also said that uh, when he debuted at the top of the ramp so 
very <clears throat> happy about that. I mean, what a stable, right? You have Brian Danielson, John Moxley, William Regal, Wheeler Yuta, and now you have Mr. Castanoli. Fantastic. Very, very interesting and uh, excited to see where they go, what happens uh, with that. Uh, aside f uh, from that, um, Saber ended, ended, ended up countering the uh, sharpshooter in the match and um, uh, right into a heel hook. Very cool. Very deadly. Looked really good. Your thoughts? I, you know, I, I don't have much to add to that, Kidder. You, uh, you summarized a lot of what I would kind of say about it. It's great to see um, Cesaro back um, in the ring and probably going to get the chances and opportunities that he deserves. And I like that he's partnered with uh, Danielson, Moxley, and Yuta. I mm -hmm. think that's great. Uh, yeah. The uh, interesting thing to note is that uh, Jerome was over here watching this and uh, made the comment as well of, you know, imagine what WWE could have done had Vince liked him. Because <laughs> he was over and could have been a champion several times over. Well, that's fine. Contract's up. Eh, see you later. I'll go somewhere and be successful. Whatever. Good for him. Hey. I'm happy for him. Hey, just a side note right here before we get to the last two matches. Did you see uh, the news, Kidder, that uh, Adam Shear, a.k.a. Braun Strowman, was here in Bismarck as part of the McQuaid softball tournament? I did. I, I saw that he was here. I did not go say hello and... Uh, reintroduce myself because obviously he knows that I'm the man, the myth, the legend. I, 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 I already know, but uh, yeah, he was, he was at a Larks game as well. Bismarck Larks hitting balls, doing a, uh, some, some kind of uh, event meet and greet, etc. But I uh, did not make it over there and I'm guessing you did not make it over there either. <laughs> no, Nope, I uh, I saw that news later this evening. So no, I did not. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, just interesting that he was uh, here and rocking some amazing pink shorts. I gotta just say, I, I saw one <laughs> photo of him, and uh, takes a bold man to wear those shorts. So you're saying I need to get you some pink shorts for Christmas? No, I'm good. That's sure? good. Kind of sounded like I'm sure some pink shorts. Now let's get on to the next match. We got what two left? Yep. This next one is uh, number 12 on the sheet. It uh, featured Jay White, your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, against Hangman Adam Page, against Kazuchika Okada, against. Adam Cole, Bebe. Yes, a four-way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. 21 minutes in length, and this fatal four-way, I chose Jay White to 
retain. Mm. Jay White's a good pick. Um, Kazuchiki Akata is also a very good pick. He held the title for a long time um, and had some amazing matches against Kenny Omega and uh, such. So he would be another choice. Um, and in fact, that's who I'm going to go with. I'll go with Okada because why not? Okay. Well, there you go. Here we go. First of all, Adam versus Adam started fighting. Of course, their rivalry for the AEW uh, championship. So they had uh, their uh, rivalry to continue. And uh, Okada faced uh, White right away. Then Hangman ended up taking out Cole. He and Okada double-teamed White. So the two Bullet Club allies tried to formulate a game plan at ringside. They took too long, got attacked. Got on the same page, though. Cole and White began to control the pace of the match. Kind of like the uh, previous Fatal 4-Way. This one allowed everyone in the ring to shine at different times. Never really felt like anybody was left out compared to others, you know, where we have those moments of, hey, we so-and-so got knocked out of the ring like five minutes ago. Where are they? And then suddenly, there they are. Uh, but this had nice balance to the match. Now, once it was clear that they all would end up going after each other, White and Cole threw their alliance out. Then a long sequence of near falls and attempted finishing moves from everybody against everybody over and over and over and over. Finally, White ended up scoring the pin over Cole to retain the championship. Got the one, two, three there. Uh, interesting thing about this is before the match even started, the crowd was chanting, holy shit. Um, Okada had uh, the biggest pop out of all four of them. Interestingly enough, because I have honestly no idea who he is. Uh, Adam Page did quite a crazy suicide dive in this match. Looked pretty good. Um, Adam Cole and uh, Hangman Adam Page have uh, mastered the super kick to counter a moonsault. So that's always cool to look at. And probably what it felt like anyway is uh, Adam Cole handed out more super kicks in this match than both of the Young Bucks did in their match earlier. So that's something to say. Uh, the doctor's also checking on Adam Cole after the match. So uncertain if there's anything uh, with that. But... You look at the injury list leading up to this specific pay-per-view, and it's like two pages long, which we detailed the other day, uh, which you'll see in another week and a half. But this match was 21 minutes long, and again, Jay White retains the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I, I mean, that makes sense, as I said uh you're not going to see them probably change a lot of titles, especially from New Japan, because they have their stuff in play. But I could see if you were going to change one of their titles, putting it on one of your own guys 
that's why I went with Okada. It doesn't surprise me that he got the biggest pop. He is probably the biggest name in that match. I mean, as, as I said, he had a trio of matches against Kenny Omega that were just spectacular, including a 60-minute draw. So, yeah, I mean, he's no slouch. I could have seen him getting the title. All right, Kidder. Hey, you know what? We've made it all the way here to the main event. We haven't had, like, the screwy finish of the night. It's been Correct. a pretty clean pay-per-view. Yes. Uh, I do have to say that DraftKings was the premier sponsor of this show, and just like the last one, 30 seconds into the pay-per-view, you get everybody amped up, and hey, DraftKings is sponsoring this. Let's look at a message from them and just kills the momentum of the top of the show. Absolute trash. I hate it. Put it right before it on the pre-show or wait until after the first match is done. We already know that DraftKings is part of this because they're part of every freaking thing. So why not? Whatever. Uh, yeah, the I'll just spoil it. There's really nothing for the night that... Uh, even constitutes anything close to a, a DraftKings screwy finish of the night. So the screwy finish is us weaseling out of handing out the title of a DraftKings screwy match finish of the night. Yeah. There we go. Well, Kidder, there's been enough talking. It's time for the main event. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you two are here and you want to fight. So, John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi, you're here for the main event. This match went 18 minutes, 20 seconds. And this is for the interim AEW World Championship. I chose John Moxley. Hiroshi Tanahashi, how do you feel about that pick? Well, guys, there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. Yes, I know that Howard just did that, but I had to do it too. Why? Because it's every rampage. And I think it's hilarious. So, Mark Henry, please do not change that. Just keep doing that because I can say that. Well, you say it without knowing that you're going to say it, but you're going to say it, and then I get laughs. So thank you. Thank you for that. Again, I chose John Moxley to uh, pick this one up because to me, it makes sense for the AEW interim championship to remain in AEW. I, exactly my logic. Um, I Even though Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan, um, again, also a very illustrious career in New Japan. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to give you an idea, Kidder, because I know you don't follow New Japan. This is be like Triple H, you know, somebody who's held the title for many times and long times and won prestigious tournaments and things like that. Basically coming and facing... Moxley. I mean, it's it's that kind of staple of such is the best easy way that I know. Now we're gonna get people who are upset that I compared Tanahashi to Triple H, but uh, it's just an example, guys. Just trying to help Kidder out. 
I'm choosing Moxley though for the same reason that Kidder is. It makes sense to keep it in uh, AEW. I do have to say though, if you would like to send hate mail, you can email him Howard at beerbluesbs.com or you can email me Kidder at beerbluesbs.com or instead of having to open up your email, remember that, come back to this window, change the other window, type it half of it and then go back and forth. Just go to the comments, type a couple comments, say that you made it to this part of the video. We really appreciate your viewership. So here we go. The main event. Now, this one. Straight up right away. A technical wrestling start. <laughs> Everybody else going 90 miles an hour. This one. Boom, right there. So nice, steady pace, classic sequencing. It's a classic wrestling match to start out with. You knew that the shenanigans were going to roll, and they certainly did. Well, they started trading strikes. Moxley being the brawler, you could tell, had uh, the obvious advantage over Tanahashi. So there is that. They ended up going back to the mat doing some grappling. Tanahashi seemed to take over at that point, but never really felt like either person was uh, in total control for more than uh, a short period of time through the match. So it was nice because it was competitive going back and forth uh, throughout uh, the match. Now, there's a lot to like about it, a lot to enjoy, but <clears throat> it just didn't quite get to that level where it's the best wrestling match of the night or, you know, the best wrestling match that these two could have, right? Uh, from my understanding, these two have met several times in the past several years in uh, New Japan or, or other places. And so without seeing those, I can't compare this match to those, but other people were saying that it didn't quite live up to it. Yeah, I don't know. That's for you and your opinion, because uh, I don't have one on that. So here, several near falls. We're going back and forth again. Moxley ends up hitting the paradigm shift. Yes, that's a one, two, three. Ja, so, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Moxley went full Justin Roberts there on that. Uh, John Moxley picks up uh, the uh, interim AEW World Championship. So there is that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the New Japan Pro Wrestling ring announcer was saying each of the announcing pieces in Japanese. Uh, alongside Justin Roberts. So very interesting to show that it is, you know, again, that uh, uh, cooperative show. Uh, Moxley hit a cutter out of nowhere. That was that was pretty, pretty nice. Uh, Moxley ended up bleeding again in this, and uh, he kind of looked like my wall does back over here. Uh, he or perhaps even Howard's jersey. It, the blood was everywhere. Like, uh, <laughs> like usual. So there, there was a lot of blood, uh, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of different places. Now, this one, the match is over. So again, we cannot claim this as the DraftKings screw finish of the night because the match is over. But <clears throat> uh, Moxley and uh, Tanahashi shared a little bit of respect there at the end of the match, which was, uh, of course, nice to see. Then Daniel Garcia and Jericho ran down and attacked both of them. Eddie Kingston came running out, but then Wheeler Yuta, Santana, and Ortiz also ran out, and then it turned into a big cluster. Then the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society and Castanoli joined the fight to end the show with a huge brawl. We'll sort it out all Wednesday night for blood and guts. So that match was 18 minutes, 20 seconds. The shenanigans afterward were another uh, three to five-ish minutes. So uh, overall, not too bad. It, uh, for me, was somewhat annoying because I'm keeping attention on both TVs and trying to listen to both TVs at the same time <laughs> because uh, we can't let our avalanche down watching them win their first Stanley Cup in 21 years. And then we can't miss this because content. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, your uh, your final thoughts kind of on uh, on the show as uh, it has been described to you. Uh, you know, it sounds like it was an okay show. Um I think if you really followed New Japan, you you may have a little bit more like excitement about it, but I, I just don't know that the build was quite there to, to get everybody. Like if you're not following that, you know, other promotion, uh, you, you know, it, it just might not matter quite as much or not seem quite as big. Um, I think this show was definitely affected by the uh, sheer amount of injuries that AEW is suffering um, from because I think you missed out on what would have been some bigger matches because of that. Um, but overall, you know, sounds like it was an okay show. Maybe not the best we've seen out of AEW, but not the worst um, and such. And uh, yes, I know everybody can see the scoreboard up there and see, but uh, Kidder, it's a tie. We both got nine correct, so it's Yay. a draw on, uh, you know, bragging rights. So after sixty minutes, look what you've come to expect—a <laughs> draw. <laughs> yep, eh, that's fine. Uh, I, I was very much hoping to see CM Punk defend the title, but obviously the week after he won the last pay-per-view, having the injury and having to go get rehab and surgery and won't be back, you know, through the rest of the year. Very disappointing, but I'd rather him be healthy and be able to compete for many, many years to come. So with that, that's uh, 13 matches and we have to wait another week yes one more week until money in the bank because that's next saturday 
We're going to need more alcohol. Or something else to help us through it. <sighs> Closing thoughts, yeah. Howard Blues. Uh, you know, uh, not really much. I think it kind of summed it up pretty well on that uh, last one. And uh, yeah, I uh, I think, Kinner, I think we've been talking for quite a while. And uh, clearly it's time we wrap this up with some cheap plugs uh, so we can both go to bed because we both got jobs that we need to report to in the morning. Dang employment and like grown-up jobs. If only we had a sponsor to help us not have to work Monday through Friday and we could just do this more quality content for the internet. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to sponsor the show or visit us or buy us a beer, you can do that at beerbluesbs.com. That's our website again, beerbluesbs.com. If you would join us on our YouTube page, our Facebook page, perhaps uh, any of the audio listening services and click the thumbs up for each episode and subscribe to our channel so you always get the latest videos and posts. We would appreciate it. And then, you know, sharing is caring. If you help disseminate the fun info to all of your friends, family, and fans, if you have fans like I do, then uh, we would make this show even bigger. I'm still waiting to have fans, by the way. Uh, I have one fan. It's over over that way, sitting in a storage room. Anyway, uh, really appreciate you joining us for this and every edition of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you're on the audio versions, we're on every audio platform out there, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Find the list on our website, beerbluesbs.com, and we would love for you to buy us a beer or buy some sweet merch, like some sweet pint glasses that are available for you. Click the merch button at beerbluesbs.com. So for Howard Blues, for your Stanley Cup 2022 champions, the Colorado Avalanche, I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thanks for joining us for this and every episode of Beer Blues and BS. Remember, Keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that icy Tuscan highway. Have a wonderful rest of your morning, day, evening, or night, whenever and wherever you may be. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next one. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty.